So next, Paul comes to a semi-conclusion in Romans 4 regarding the account of uh, Abraham. And it's very revealing. You know, we we really do have to be careful to watch how the words and the uh, simply the words are grouped together uh, that Paul uses because they tell us a lot about salvation and grace and our life with God and how we trust him. So this is the verse that we are at now, verse 16 of chapter 4, and Paul says, Therefore it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Now, this is, as I say, a semi-conclusion because he has previously pointed out that the promise um, that Abraham would be heir of the world was not through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. And you remember we talked about that phrase, the righteousness of faith. That illustrates that faith, if it is a righteousness, cannot be something that has come from humanity, for there is no righteousness in man. It is a gift from God. But I should also point out that the phrase, the righteousness of faith, could have two meanings. It could mean that faith is righteous, or it could mean that the thing that faith brings is righteousness. But certainly, the phrase is very, very interesting because it is linked with God's action and not ours. So then he says, uh, and just going on by review here, if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void. And so the law and faith are opposites. The law is not a way to faith. Faith is not a way to a perfection, a perfect obedience to the law. They are opposites. If the promise is by the law, then faith is empty. It's void. It's purposeless. It's useless. And why? Because the law brings about wrath. The law is a revelation of a perfection that we do not have as fallen human beings. And that is why when we look at the law, thou shalt not kill means thou shalt not hate. Thou shalt not steal means thou shalt not covet. Thou shalt not commit adultery means thou shalt not even lust. All of these uh, inner workings or declarations of what the law is all about reveal to us that we are far from able to uh, find salvation by the law. So all of that's background to this uh, verse that we are here uh, coming to today. Therefore, it is, that is, it being the promise, it is, the promise is of faith. Now remember, if you think faith is a gift, uh, rather, if you think faith comes from your own mind, then this little phrase here, or clause, is not very reassuring. Um, therefore, the promises of faith. Uh, well, in other words, it's, uh, it's a, give, a promise from God, but you'd better believe it, and if you don't believe it properly, you won't get it. That's not exactly a promise. But if you understand that faith is a gift from God, then this becomes marvelously encouraging. Therefore, it is of faith. The promise is of faith. The promise is given to God, and along with that gift of the promise comes the gift of faith to trust in him and to believe in him. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace. Now, there's another 
phrase, um, actually a clause, that reveals that faith is from God. Let's read that again then. Therefore it is of faith that it might be according to grace. Well, it wouldn't be according to grace, which is, a, is God's loving kindness and mercy and all the good things that God brings. It wouldn't be of, of grace if faith were coming from man's side, would it? The promise is of faith, the gift of God, of faith, that it might be according to grace. It's according to grace because the gift of faith is indeed a gift from God. So that the promise might be sure to all his seed. Now, I don't know how you've been battling with faith over the years, but if you think of faith as your decision to trust God and coming from the strength of your disciplined mind or your willpower, then how can faith in that case be make the promise sure to all his seed? No, it doesn't make it sure, does it? Because if we are saved by the quality of our faith and by faith coming from us, then we are saved by the weakest link, aren't we? A chain is as strong as its weakest link. And if our faith is from us, then we have a very unsure chain to God's salvation because our faith is up and down, isn't it? Our faith worries, our faith gets anxious, our faith doubts, our faith rebels. Our faith sometimes becomes willfully um, suppressed so that we can sin. So you see then that this gift of faith must come from God if it is to make the promise sure to all God's seed. So let's read that again. Therefore it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all his seed, not only to those who are of the law, that is, not only to those who are of the law and believe. You remember that point is made clear in verses 11 and 12. They're not going to be saved by the law, but by faith, even though they are of the law, they cannot and must not trust in the law. But also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Let's read the verse one more time then. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. And remember, this conclusion is coming about all because of the life and experience of Abraham in his dealings with God. Now, Paul is going to spend the next few verses in a summary of Abraham's life. We haven't got there yet. Um, we will in the next few days. But I want to go more than into the summary. I want to go back into Genesis and take a closer look at that story because it is quite remarkable. But we'll do that in a bit. What I want to say now to you is this. Do you grasp from what Paul is saying here, the heart of God. 
You say, well, Colin, I'm quite frankly, no, I don't. No, I understand, because Paul can tend to sound intellectual and uh, abstract, and therefore we can miss what he's on about. But if you pursue what he's on about, you will make it, you will, it will become clear to you that Paul is making the case for the generous generosity, the generous heart of God. He is saying God is a promise keeper. He's full of love and kindness and grace. He's coming to us in this world uh, and seeing that we are all forlorn and uh, wandering about without a parent, without a shepherd, like sheep lost. We are uh, confused. We are broken down by our own sinfulness as well as being brought into this world as crippled people. And we do not know where we're going. We're like sheep without a shepherd. And our Heavenly Father is full of compassion. And He and the, Father, the, he and the Son and the Holy Spirit in Trinity decide to make this plan. Although I want you to understand that it was not an afterthought. God predestined all of us. He determined before the world ever was made knowing that it would fall, that he would rescue it and that he would send his son to rescue it. And that sending of his son involved immense and terrible suffering, not simply the suffering of the cross, but the suffering of the separation of the son's heart from his father. And not only that, but all the shame that came upon God as the world misunderstood who Jesus was all about and what Jesus was all about. The incredible sacrifice that God our Father uh, went through to bring us home again uh, is just unimaginable, and it will be the story of eternity. But this is what these verses are all about, you see. Don't simply try to read these verses in an abstract, intellectual way and to try to strain yourself to get the idea intellectually. Rather, see through the verses and the words to the heart of God. When it says, therefore, it is of faith, what a wonderful thing God has given us. He says, I want to help my children on the earth to trust me. I know that they can't obey me perfectly. I know that they cannot obey the law. I know that they do not have any righteousness in themselves. I'm going to treat them as if they were righteous, and I want to them to learn how to trust me. So he sends his Son so that we can see what a wonderful Savior God is, what a kind, compassionate, merciful God He is. And then He shocks us by sacrificing Himself for us, which helps us to see how God has stretched Himself to the greatest limits in order to reach us. He says, I know that they lost trust, that when they sinned, when they sinned in Adam, the first thing to go was their trust. Now I have to give them that gift of trust and then train it in them. You see, the story of Abraham is all about giving Abraham faith and then training his use of it. That's what Abraham is being trained to do over a 24-year period, 25 years altogether. 
So we're going to learn quite a little bit from Abraham's life. But that God should be training faith in us, training trust. What a kind, loving father that is. I mean, earthly fathers and mothers know it, don't they? Their children, uh, the, 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 the parents have to lay down laws and rules, perhaps, and the children don't understand it and don't uh, trust them and say, I hate you. Uh, and yet the parents are patient and they train the child to jump into their arms when they're in the swimming pool, for instance, and they uh, learn tr tr gradually that the parent is trustworthy. That is what God is doing with us. That, that's what it means when it says, therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace. God wants us to know that our entrance into the eternal kingdom, which is being, which is going to come through the seed of Abraham, is entirely an act of grace. God is taking ruffians and and uh, and uh, broken people and street uh, people into His kingdom. And he's going to crown them with glory and honor. He is going to give us a mansion when we were sleeping on cardboard under bridges. This is what God is going to do for us. This is our Father. He wants grace to just pour out of him and to be seen uh, by us as this magnanimous heart of God, this deep, passionate uh, joy that God has for us. And so, therefore, it is by faith that it might be of grace, so that the promise might be sure to all his seed. God wants us to have surety and assurance, and that's why it's from grace, because grace never fails. Hello there, Colin Cook. Thanks for joining me today. You've been listening to my broadcast, How It Happens, which you can listen to any time of the day or night on your smartphone. Simply download a free app, soundcloud.com or podbean.com and key in How It Happens with Colin Cook when you get there. Would you consider, please, a donation to help the ministry and to help this radio broadcast, which is now coming up to its 26th year of broadcasting? Send your donation to FaithQuest. P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado 80160, or make your donation online at faithquestradio.com. Thanks so much. See you next time. Cheerio and God bless.